Welcome back to Midwest Girls. Today we have Angie Wolfermon as our guest. And if you, um, you will notice eventually that Megan is not here today because her kiddos are sick. So pray for them. But we do have Megan here in spirit. If you are watching on our video form, <laughs> she's propped up. Her picture is propped up right in the, the middle of Angie and I. <laughs> So she's here in spirit. She's here in spirit. <laughs> and no, but um well, we miss her, but she she needed to take care of her kids and we needed to we wanted to get this on the air for you guys. So we uh we talked and we said we're gonna move forward with it and um yeah, we're just excited to bring you Angie's testimony because uh one, it's hard to get you in time-wise because there's yeah. only certain times that we uh, could do it for Angie because she is also our office manager slash communications director at our church so full-time yeah full-time <laughs> full-time she doesn't I get to ebb and flow and do whatever I want I mean use that loosely because I am part-time so I'm always in and out and have a more flexible schedule um before we move forward I do want to say we have our Tubes & Co. Um, sponsorship that I want to bring to y'all's attention. All, every, all the details you need is in the show notes. And it's Midwest Girls 10, all caps, for our coupon code that you can get 10% off from Tubes & Co. Organic. So you can go get yourself some clean, fun makeup, skincare. I love it. Meg loves it. And everybody that we know who uses it loves it. So, also, we also have some new merch on our merch shop, and you can use Midwest Girls 10 on that as well. So, here's our little... Uh, commercial. Yes. <laughs> there's our little commercial for the day. So, yes, we have Angie here. Angie is one of my nearest and dearest friends, even though I'm the same... Actually, I'm younger than her child. But <laughs> yeah. Actually, you're my you're my daughter. Yes. You're my girl. She has four boys, so I am her I am her girl that the Lord um the Lord gave her later on in life. <laughs> so, so um but for real I'm very thankful for our friendship and um you actually know one of we're not gonna talk about it here, but it's like um you actually were in the middle of my meltdown in Jackson. And, well, there's the stuff with the boys, but I don't remember if you remember the one night where we had, were up to, like, 2 a.m. And I'm like, yeah. what <laughs> is wrong with me? Which night? <laughs> we stayed up way late. It's like we had super energy. Yeah. <laughs> stayed up way too late. Got up way too early. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But the night where I just sobbed because I felt like a horrible person because I was having a sin issue that I would consider a sin issue. But um, you were like, it's, you're fine. <laughs> but like I said, this there's is, an ebb and flow to this. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so, um, but yeah, without going too many details, you really are like the only person that knows about that. Yeah. So well, you're the only person that knows a lot of stuff too. So yes, we are very, very similar. And I think that's why we trust each other so much because we're like, we know that we're not going to judge each other and we can literally say anything together, including like, shut up. <laughs> Stop talking now. Stop talking. 
Stop talking, but in a loving way. You're annoying. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so we're happy to have you on. And she's going to talk to us about um, her testimony, but then we're going to have a conversation about just... About my sin issue. Yeah, there we go. So you can, you can take it away. You can introduce yourself again if you are like a little bit more if you want to or whatever you want to do. Okay. Well, um, I. You want to give like your role at the church or. I know yeah. It, yeah. My role at the church is um, I'm kind of a jack of all trades. I am the off. My official title is office manager and communications director. But um I really do a little bit of everything. As, as do most in ministry. Yes, <laughs> yes. We all have to wear different hats. I mean, yeah. like Peggy Morgan, uh, she's our administrative assistant, but she's also our Family Life Center coordinator. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we all, except for the lead pastor, we yeah. all like switch roles on yeah. and off and on and off. Yeah, but, it's true. That's what it takes to function. <laughs> This is actually the most public way I've ever given my testimony, though. Really? Yeah. I've given it in smaller groups and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which might explain my nerves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is not about me. This is about God and yeah. Jesus and what he's done in my life. Yeah. So It's true. Okay. I Go. guess I'll just get started. Yeah. <laughs> um, really, I have to give some background. The main thing that I want to talk about is... Um, control mm. and my need to control and how it it really uh, diminished me spiritually and everything but I have to go all the way back and just give a give my testimony in order to understand uh, me and why that's such a sin for mm-hmm. me you know yeah and weakness. like we said like we said before we came up here, Oh, what did you say to me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. I can't remember the exact thing, but right before we came up here, uh, you showed me, here's my, her, oh, yeah, what, all my notes. All your notes. And, um, it's like three type pages. Yes. <laughs> and she's talking about giving up control. <laughs> it's like, I don't need to have control. No, but here are my notes, and we have to follow the script. And I said, I think this is always going to be an issue. We all have an issue in some way, shape, or form. Yes. So, you know, it's an ever-growing process. I feel like there's always, you know, a handful of things. I mean, we're always working. We're always growing in the, our faith and um, continuing to work with the Holy Spirit and changing and be, it's a sanctification. Being sanctified. Yes. It's yes. A, it's like, where am that, I going? That was the What's word. The word? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. like this is how I picture it because um, I had a pretty tight grip. Um, mm-hmm. I picture it as God loosening my fingers mm-hmm. off of my control, loosening my fingers one at a time, yeah. prying them. <laughs> Sometimes stepping on one at the <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it takes that. And with me, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> so <laughs> Here's, I, I, I'm not saying this with like pride because I am a slow learner in some things. But a lot of times, here's my um, advice to people if you are also a fellow slow learner. Um, I've found the quicker I let go and 
uh, let the Lord do the thing that he wants to do in my life, the lot better my life is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> More quickly. You don't sit in the, in the, the pit <laughs> that long. Well, um, keeping hold of control uh, creates, feeling like we have to keep control creates anxiety. Yeah. Because we can't. Yeah. And some on some level, we know we can't. And then that freaks us out. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels, when we think we're in control, it feels good. Yeah. So, but it's an illusion. Yeah. It's not a then real thing. Because something really it's, crazy happens, and then we're like, oh. <laughs> we have no control. <laughs> but anyway. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get this. Yeah, we will go all over the place, but that's part of us. So. Yeah. So buckle up, everyone. <laughs> it's a wild ride. <laughs> so I guess um, my need for control happened a really long time ago. I mean, I can go, I can go all the way back to uh, my childhood with that, as most people can. You know, they're yeah. deep-seated problems that usually didn't just happen overnight. It's, it's like a, a bunch of things. But in my childhood, um, my mom always took us to church. My dad did not go to church. He was raised in a family where um, the women and children went to church. And the men didn't. Yeah. And when I explained that to someone else, um, they were, that was older than me, they were like, oh yeah, that was a thing. Huh. Like <laughs> back in the, some of the farmers yeah. and stuff like that back in the day that, that the men wouldn't and the That's women would take, yeah, would take the kids to church. But in any way, that was true in my dad's family. And I don't know, mom said that he professed to be a Christian um, when she first met him. So I don't know the nature of that, but I do know that before a few years before he passed away, he was a real Christian. He was, yeah, he was born again. So, but anyway, um, I got saved in our old sanctuary here at Trinity Friends Church. It's now the youth room, um, and I was only twelve years old. And I don't think, I mean, it was a, it was a real salvation moment. I know that. I prayed that prayer and I just remember feeling so light, you know, afterwards. And, and but not too long after that, uh, my mom and dad's marriage went through a rough patch and my dad even left for a summer. And it just was really shocking to my system. You know, I had a really happy childhood. My dad was a really good man. But I, I just didn't realize it, it never occurred to me that something like that could happen mm -hmm. yeah. and it really must have set me off balance and they got back together pretty quickly and worked it out between the two of them but it was harder for me and my younger brothers to heal from that yeah you know we were just kids yeah so we didn't understand it and it was back before a time where you rushed your kids off to counseling right you know so it Suck was it just up. yeah <laughs> we we just had to get over it yeah <laughs> and then after that puberty hit need i say more <laughs> <laughs> i was kind of a crazy teenager i was rebellious and independent and you know, I was, I think, I feel like I was really, had a really close relationship with my dad and we were the most alike. 
yeah I mean, between my dad and my mom and me I was the most like my dad so naturally when I was going through puberty it was a real fight yeah you know it was we battle we did battle all the way through my high school life but it, it kind of slipped away from God for a while you know I was just in rebellion from everything yeah from my parents from the lord from everything i feel like that's very natural for that yeah. time especially going through what you went through because um now we're seeing more and more effects on what it on on kids with um like an unstable home and now that you're you know for that time period it was a unstable, un unstable. Yeah. and i think when people divorce or even if it's a separation for a while praise god that you know your uh, mom and dad re reconciled but um it messes kids up yeah it does and it does especially in your prime development years it it creates like a flight fight or flight um trigger it in that child's brain and even if they don't know realize that's what's happening and neither right. does the parents because they're like well what i knew as safety uh -huh. has been shattered right and so and the world isn't you realize suddenly the world's not a safe place yes i mean that bad things can happen and that happened you know, I had to really think about that because I don't have a lot of really clear memories. Right. You know, I'm, it's all fuzzy. But I think that happened relatively quickly after I became a born-again Christian. Mm. So it was just like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. You know, <laughs> my life is going to be perfect now that's that I know so, Jesus. <laughs> that's so, uh, I feel like that's so typical for yeah. any the first trial yeah it comes like, very whoa. fast yeah and and fierce <laughs> yeah. and surprises us yes. for some reason yeah i think our life is going to be all yeah good now yeah. <laughs> you know? and really which it is good but yeah. we think it's going to be perfect right which you know i think i've said this quite a bit on this podcast and i've said it quite a bit like t when teaching kids or whoever um when we profess our faith that's the first step like mm -hmm. we yeah we at that moment we're starting you know we will be saved because we're professing and confessing our sin and and saying jesus you are the lord and savior i want you to come in my life but the true um transfiguration of your heart it takes time and for you to actually or for people to actually see that that change is happening the fruit comes much later right as you're growing in christ so that's why i'm always telling people hey when you accept that's not like you just you don't mm. accept and you're good yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's a great it's no, the it's beginning it's not the, the end game <laughs> yes it's the very beginning of it all and it's a an amazing thing and i'm so it's like praise god when we have a new um person that professes their face and accepts jesus but you're accepting him and that is just the first step right that's why we're taking the kids on wednesday nights part of our apologetics program we're taking them through the pilgrim's progress oh yeah and watching them and they have a, a, a version of it for kids and watching them try to put it together it's really interesting <laughs> to watch their brains like wait a minute what? We're still going to go through bad stuff. <laughs> yes. Well, like, 
I didn't have that. You know, I didn't have anyone to tell me. Right. Hey, oh, I didn't just, either. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't yeah. Honestly, it's just a new, basically what I do with the kids. And I, my parents were great. I feel like my Sunday school teachers did a great job. But at, at the same time, when I was little, our church was doing going through something then. I mean... You, if you knew the timeline, you'd be able to like we are. We had a pastor that made some poor choices. Oh yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. And um, it doesn't deserve its light. That's why I'm not going to talk about it. But because um, praise God for the healing of our church. That's been a lot, years and years of yeah in the making. In the making, yeah, in the making. But so there was a chunk of time where we didn't necessarily go anywhere, and so it was my mom and dad teaching me. But there, you know, with that, always, there was always being a, um, uh, you know, something missing mm-hmm. in it, in this in extent. So the things that I didn't receive as a child and I believe are very valuable and I wish I knew as a child is what I'm trying to do as best I can <laughs> <laughs> in our kingdom kids department. Yeah. So you're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Says your second mom. <laughs> <laughs> this is my personal cheerleader. Yeah. We I, all need them. <laughs> yes, we do. Whom I know, I usually can guess her reaction to things. So a lot of times I'll be like, I just need tell me, somebody to tell me you're doing a good job. <laughs> you are doing a great job. But <laughs> well, anyway, let's. It's good that we skated over my teenage years because I I'm kind of ashamed of them. <laughs> I, was, I was a wild child. Uh, but anyway, getting into my young adulthood, um, I met and married my first husband Brian really young. Um, we were young and idealistic, and we wanted to start a family right away. For some reason, I, I'll, I'll take that back. I wanted to start a family right away. <laughs> I was kind of bossy in that relationship. No way. <laughs> I needed control even then. <laughs> so I was kind of born with this issue, but <laughs> things happened to kind of encourage it. But um, I wanted to start a family right away. And I was kind of tired, you know, my, I think my, sometimes when you're wilder earlier, Mm -hmm. when you get, so your wild oats early, you're anxious early too, to not to quit. Yeah. Living that lifestyle. And, and I had asked Jesus into my heart. I wasn't necessarily living that lifestyle. In fact, I wasn't, but I still knew he was there. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was just, don't look at me while I'm doing, doing what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I knew that it was the right way. Yeah. I just wasn't. So, um, you know, I kind of, I got back into the church and all that. And we, we got pregnant, uh, relatively quickly, but I, um, I had three consecutive, emotionally, psychologically, and physically painful miscarriages. Mm-hmm. And I, my first miscarriage, um, I would say it practically traumatized me because I had no idea that one in every five pregnancies at the time ended in miscarriage. It never seems high. I never heard that statistic. It never occurred to me. I think there are probably some women that don't even know that mm. they've had a miscarriage, but 
I now it seems like infertility is yeah. more the issue. But at the time, um, I almost was in my second trimester. Mm. And having that miscarriage, I just I became obsessed with being a mom then. Mm-hmm. You know, I it was a need I needed to fill. And I um, had two more miscarriages then after that. Mm-hmm. Were they all around the same time? They, it was all in a couple years. Within well, a couple well years. I mean, um, the baby's age, Mm-mm. like, or weeks. No, like, the, the next two, after the first one, the first one, I was, like, right at 12 weeks going into my 13th week. Um, but the next two were real quick. I knew I was pregnant and I was miscarrying mm. before I even, uh, the doctor, the only thing they knew to do at the time was lay down, you know, yeah. get off your feet. And I really, I really became obsessed with what I did mm-hmm. to cause that. Yeah. I just somehow knew this was my fault. Yeah. And what did I do to cause it? I blamed everything from using Clorox in the bathroom <laughs> to, I mean, it really, it really did kind of traumatize yeah. me. Oh, well, for sure it would. Yeah. That's, that's a traumatizing thing. <laughs> so when we actually did get kids, we're blessed with kids, I was super overprotective. Do you hear control? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to control their environment. Yeah. <laughs> I had to control everything. <laughs> but thankfully, during that time, though, I was really close to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I got that was the time I was in a discipleship class whose leaders were <laughs> Steve and Diane Snyder, Ooh, <laughs> Kylie's mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I got baptized on New Year's Day at oh, the Live. I pastored Dwayne Rice and um, with little Aunt Elizabeth Emmons. You wouldn't have known her, but yeah. she was this little tiny, sweet um, older lady that um, she, her and her husband Harold had no kids, mm-hmm. but the whole church yeah <laughs> were her kids <laughs> yeah that's awesome and uh, she got she got baptized right in front of me and i just remember thinking she's so frail yeah. <laughs> if you remember pastor Dwayne, he was big he i very i really remember him yeah I was pretty you young. were too young i was pretty young but he was a big big guy and elizabeth was a really teeny tiny Aww. lady and he just so gently dipped her into the water it was so such a fun experience but um but during that time you know we got blessed with our boys and you know we were happy for a while um we were married um to almost 10 years but we went through after that we our, we, our marriage started to fall apart and um the guilt and shame that i had for the, my part in our divorce, it's never just one person. <laughs> just in case anyone out there thinks that it is, I um, I didn't acknowledge my my blame mm-hmm. in it. That I had really, oh, you know, I, just as much blame as he did in yeah. it. And when our marriage fell apart, the guilt and shame of it, I just my faith fell apart with it. Mm-hmm. And that 
there I entered into a, a really long drought yeah. in my spiritual life where I would, I mean, we would go to church. We would go to, I would go to church occasionally and stuff like that. But it was, it was like I was going through the motions, mm-hmm. you know, it was my desert. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um, during that time, I uh, met my husband, Todd, and um, we have two boys. So I have all boys. <laughs> That's why she treats me as her adopted daughter. <laughs> yeah. I do have a granddaughter. Oh, yes, she does have a granddaughter, though. <laughs> She's the princess, but Kylie's close in there. <laughs> so, <laughs> but. Anyway, um, we're getting to the point where I did not make any notes of. Hey, that's because, okay. Yeah. I had a thought, but not okay, yet. It's not, well, it's not for now. Oh, okay. I don't think it makes sense now. Okay. I think it's going to be leaving this way. So, because, okay. yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my, my husband, Todd, and I had two boys, like I said, um, Callahan and Sam. And we went through a period in our married life, our family life, that Todd likes to refer to as the salad days. (laughs) All the salad days. It's a movie reference, which I'm sure Kylie doesn't get because she gets no movie references. Because I don't watch any movies. It's from Raising Arizona. I've never heard of it. It's an old Coen Brothers movie. It's a... He, they do a lot of satire. Okay, you know, so it's it's a comedy, but never mind. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, in urban in the Urban Dictionary, the salad days <laughs> refers to days where you there was no stress and mm. few problems. And, yeah, you know, it was just the kids, the boys were babies, and Caleb and Nick were really small, and we just. You know, it was just a good time. We had a good time. And the the boys were growing up. And um, now in there somewhere, I lost my dad in 2005, which was really, really hard on me. But um, I I leaned in on God on that one, too. So so anyway, um, the boys, uh, we were really proud of our kids. Um, All of them, each one of them has... You know, we could see the potential in each one of them. Yeah. They're different from one another. Oh, they are very different. <laughs> and I, have, I don't even know them all personally, but just knowing, like, you when you talk about them and stuff. Sorry, my neck is killing me. Oh. If you can't tell me. Um, but, um, but just, like, you talking about them and stuff, I'm like, you. they all have, you know, such as all kids, everybody has a very, it's what, a very individual, you know, personality. And yeah, I, they're I, very I love unique. That. I love that about <laughs> kids. And like, especially family units, like watching how different the siblings are from each other. Yeah. I think they, it's so funny. They have all have their gifts and everything and, and their likes and dislikes. Yes. And, but um but every family, usually, I, I should say usually, most yeah. of the families I know um have one overachiever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one intense golden child. Yes. <laughs> just, and ours was Callahan. Um, Callahan, from the time he was really little, he was super serious mm-hmm. about everything. Yeah. Like driven. Yeah. You know, fastidious. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He tried. 
tried really hard at everything and um he we wanted to get him he loved music and we wanted to get him into lessons so we um we got him into um mrs hoverman's um little mozart yeah it's called we yeah. had to be on a waiting list and he was like this is the elite this you know, is a big piano of <laughs> <laughs> piano teacher yes he was only five she took him really young. oh wow they needed to be able to read yeah um, so that she could teach him to read music. Um, but she wanted him young. Yeah. You know, to for them to grow into it. Yeah. And everything. And so he learned piano at a really young age. And he just, everything he did, he took very seriously. And yeah. He was always just such an intense kid. But um, he really pushed himself too hard, too. Yeah. You know, and it was all self motivated yeah we were kind of relaxed about it I mean, we were really super proud of him mm-hmm. it was hard not to brag about his exploits you right know? it was really hard to not do that but but we weren't the driving force behind it we right going, oh yeah do it do it, really, do it do it do it yeah, yeah. Um, it was a self-motivation thing to the point where and it was academic athletic and musically mm-hmm and it was to the point where we had to, he became a really good runner mm-hmm. and it was to the point where after every season of cross country or the 5k season before he was even old enough to be in cross country yeah um we would have to like make him not run yeah we would have to have a period of time where it's like no it's your rest time you're going to rest your muscles. We're not running. Yeah, and all that. We had to enforce it, and he yeah, would, he would throw a fit. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like, oh, yeah, you have to get out there. You're like, I'm. We're trying to help you. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You don't need to push so hard. Yeah, which I'm just kind of building the story so that you understand what ha- what when what happened happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it all made sense, you know, going all the way back to when he was really little. Yeah. But he, um, we started to notice a change in him. He transferred from Lincoln View to Van Wert um, because he wanted to be a part of the robotics team. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to take some classes that Lincoln View had already kind of acted like, no, you know, you have to slow down. You know, yeah, all the building blocks. So, and he he always pushed himself so hard that he thought he would be bored. And why, you know, academically he wanted to go to Van Wert. Yeah. Why wouldn't we let him go to Van Wert? So we ended up letting him go to Van Wert. Right. And I'm not saying that it was Van Wert. Van Wert's a great school. Yeah. I feel like all three of our county schools are really good schools. Yeah. Um. But he moved to Van Wert, and he was left with making, having to make new friends. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it yeah, disrupted, yeah, everything. Life. And I think we underestimated that, that disruption. Yeah, yeah. Just because, literally, he's only going to another school that's what ten miles away, mm-hmm. um, and he's living in the same home still. You know. But it's so I could see where it's easy to it would have been easy to let that, you know, let him do it. And you wouldn't maybe think of 
like, you know, making new friends necessarily, maybe to an extent, but you're like, well, you're still in this like area. Yeah. You're still in the area. So you're obviously going to still hang out with, you know, your friends from here, but then they're not, he's not spending as much time with them because your school day, you're at the different school all day. And they felt, I feel like they, um, I mean, he's, his friends, his true friends still liked him and everything, but I think that they felt, um, removed from him, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just like, he spent all, he didn't have his driver's license yet. Mm -hmm. He was a ninth grader. Yeah. And so he, um, you know, yeah, it was a whole different environment for him, but he, everything went fine and everything, but, um, when he was about, I would say we started to notice a change in his behavior in about his sophomore year. Yeah. He had a few relationships that we really mm-hmm. didn't care for, you know, a few friendships, but we trusted him, mm-hmm. you know, because he always, he was an overachiever and he always, you know. Yeah. Did well. He was self, yeah. Yeah. He was self-motivated yeah so he would usually choose you know the thing that would help him succeed or the right choice yeah so we we focused our parenting (laughs) everywhere else (laughs) because he was the one that seemed to be on autopilot yeah so okay yeah Yeah, he's good he's doing good yeah yeah so we didn't really notice the depth of what was going on in his life and what was going on in his life is he was starting to develop some rather severe anxiety. Mm-hmm. And when I say severe, <laughs> I mean extremely severe mm-hmm. panic attacks um, to the point where later in his uh, teenage years, it was panic attacks that um, would create convulsions. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was rather serious. His, mm-hmm. his senior year, we were in the emergency room a few times. and Yeah. But um, he, um, behind, you know, behind our backs, we did not know that this was going on, but he had started to, um, we, when we realized, when we realized that he was having anxiety, uh, we had a teacher um, tell us that um, he thought that, that something was going on with Cal, and he even thought that he might be cutting himself. Mm. And it was that was really devastating to us. It, yeah, you know, we in our wildest dreams, yeah, we wouldn't have believed that that cow would have fall, you know, fallen yeah. victim to that. Right. We thought he had everything together. Yeah. <laughs> he was super mature for his age. Right. And we did it, and but um, but we started taking him to different like counselors mm-hmm. and therapists. We wanted to get him the help that he needed, but um, a lot of them um, would just try to put him on different antidepressants. Yeah. And that wasn't that wasn't suitable for his condition. Right. Yeah. You know? So um, then that kind of brings us to, by the time he graduated, we really knew that something was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We knew we had a problem yeah. on our hands, and we just didn't know how to. Um, we didn't know how to get it under control. Yeah, we were relying on ourselves. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we really were. We had no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. Nothing had ever 
even about Callahan had ever um, led us to predict this. Right. You know, and we just didn't know what to do. We thought we were doing everything we could. Yeah. We took it, which we probably were. Yeah. You know, but um, after he graduated, the year after he graduated, um, in the summertime. Well, no, it wasn't in the summertime. It was in March. Yeah, it was March. almost exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, was. it was in 2020, mm-hmm. right before COVID hit. Oh, was it the same month yeah. that Kim died? Yes. I thought that was 2019. It was. It was a one year later. Oh, one year. Month. Oh, okay. I was I'm almost always... almost to the day. Okay. And the reason I know that is because my oldest son's birthday is March 14th. Is March 14th because it's my sister's birthday. Yeah. And this happened. This actually happened March 13th, okay. 2020. But my oldest son was in the hospital with Callahan. With what I'm about to tell you. Um, he was in the hospital with him, and he was like, Mom, is my birthday cursed? <laughs> yeah. Because Kim, he knew that Kim had passed away the year before on his yeah. birthday. But but anyway. There's so many things that have happened in March for us, too. Yeah. And then, I mean, we so Angie's also related to my husband. And so his grandpa is her uncle. Yeah. And so he also just passed away, passed away. two days ago, two, three days ago. Yeah. And so, but Seth and I were talking last year at this time, Grandma Jean died. Yeah. And then yeah. the year before, if I'm understanding correctly, Grandpa Dave died. It's all, all in March. Yeah. It's, so it's, yeah, it's not a fun month for us anymore. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. it's like every year we kind of go into it with like a, what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Can we, Lord, please bring, bring the luck of the Irish. <laughs> Don't believe in luck. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Luck also denies control. Yes. (laughs) So that may not be coming from a faith-based perspective. (laughs) You forget who you talk to. Oh, sorry to blast your ears off with our laughing. (laughs) But what happened, what a lot of people know about this, so I feel I feel free to share it because it was such a public thing. That's what makes it even harder. Yes, because um, uh, I recently was uh, did this Bible study on Right Now Media called The Cost of Control. And she talks about the three um, things that people try to control, mm-hmm. the three areas. And it is people, circumstances, and your image. Mm. And all three were just blown out of the water yeah. <laughs> for us in that one month. And On March 13th. Yes, March 13th, 2020, the day that we'll live in infamy. <laughs> but um, what ended up happening was my son had, he really was is science-minded, mm-hmm. and he really loves to research and all that. And he had been using, um, unbeknownst to us, he had been using drugs mm-hmm. to try and alleviate his anxiety himself. 
we were taking him to doctors, we were taking him to therapists, but nothing seemed to work for him. And so he thought, I, I need to take this into my own hands. Yeah. And before um, before March, he had gotten the idea from a 60 Minutes um, that segment that they had yeah. where John Hopkins... Um, hospital was researching the use of hallucinogenics mm. on curing depression or anxiety and or anxiety. Yeah. And he got hallucinogenics, he thought. <laughs> so he got a hold of um, something that he thought was LSD. Mm-hmm. It had to have had something else in it. Yeah. But he took it. Um, with his girlfriend, who happened to be two years younger than him. He had been dating her for a couple years, yeah. you know. But he took um, acid with her, yeah. and he had a mental break. I don't know if it had to do, if there was something different in it, or if it was just that yeah. mixed with the medication that he was on mm. for um, depression. And he flipped out. I mean, he, at the time, he was living in his own apartment that we had set up for him um, in Van Wert and working and, you know, we wanted him to go to college. We had thought he was going to go, I mean, he wanted to go Ivy League. Yeah. You know, back before that. But at this point in time, his anxiety had mm-hmm. totally gotten control of him. Yeah. And so he, we were just happy that he was functioning. That right. He was working a job, living in his own place. But he uh, threw his computer through the window. He he just, he, he flipped out. Mm-hmm. And it took six police officers. The neighbors called the police. It took six police officers to hold him down. Mm-hmm. And to an ambulance took him to the hospital and where he was arrested. And um, our son that had been, you know, like the star yeah, right. <laughs> um, was suddenly uh, he, he had a felony yeah. charge on him because his girlfriend was two years younger. She was under 18. Mm. He was 19. Yeah. And it just all, it felt like our, we were devastated. It felt like our lives just exploded. Yeah. You know, just fell apart. Yeah. Any control I thought I had (laughs) (laughs) was just out the window. Yeah. (laughs) But I have to, now that we've gotten all that out there, um, this happened in 2020, and right after it happened, I mean, it continued to go on throughout that whole year, yeah. the trauma of that. Yeah. Um, but, and then COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and then everything else, it just, it, it's hard to even talk about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I could get lost in the weeds. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much. About that. But what I want to point out was how I saw how God revealed himself to me in all that. Yeah. Um, I had been, uh, I was working at the health department prior to that. And I quit my job 
in 2000, January of 2018 to stay at home with my mother-in-law because she had, um, she had Alzheimer's mm -hmm. and she had been in what we thought was the early stages and what we soon discovered was more like the middle stages oh, wow. of it. And so I stayed home and took care of her for um, that year. Yeah. And then when it got to be too much for, uh, for me to handle, yeah. you know, it, it really, we held off as long as we could. Yeah. But then we had to put her in a nursing care facility. And at that time, I was in school um, to finish up a, a degree. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't just stay at home and work on schoolwork. I have to, you know, do yeah. something. So I, mom said, hey, there's a job at the church. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, that'd be a nice little jobby job, a part-time job yeah. at the front desk reception at the church. <laughs> I, I think I'll try to get it. <laughs> and I was hired. <laughs> And I don't really want to go into all that. Yeah, we're going into. <laughs> That's definitely a rabbit trail. Yes. <laughs> but God brought me here um, before that happened and got me nested in with my church family. Mm -hmm. And I really, it was his way of taking care of me, yeah. of rescuing me in advance mm -hmm. before it even happened. <laughs> He wanted me to get to know all my coworkers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Get that prayer support team around yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. So something this is what I was looking up earlier if you're watching on YouTube that you'll you've seen that I've grabbed my Bible about 15 minutes ago because I was waiting something that popped into my mind and I've always thought very interesting is the story of Deborah. Um, and I always struggle. I know this is kind of a rabbit trail, but it will tie in, I promise. <laughs> but I've always struggled to really look at the women in the Bible. And it's because I've always, I, I never want to seem like I'm like this huge feminist person. Mm -hmm. And when a fee, and it's a, it's a weird thing with me. I feel like, well, when, if, when somebody sees a female talking about a female in the Bible, it's because they're trying to prove something because of, uh, because they're female and they're feminist. Uh -huh. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I hate that. I hate that I think that. I hate that other people do think that. Uh -huh. I really like I know there's people out there that do. But Deborah is such a amazing example. I know she was a wife. They don't talk about them her and her husband having actually any kids, but she is called the mother of Israel. Oh. Dang. And <laughs> like they all thought of her as their mother, you know, that's how she got the name. And um she, the Lord used her in a very mighty way. And, but in chapter five in Judges, when it talks about the song of Deborah, um, it says the first couple lines were, when the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. And so they were singing this verse because the people were willing to let God move. And when we are willing to let God move and when we follow 
his promptings and when we're open palming our life uh meaning giving up control <laughs> that's, what, that's why i'm tying this surrender <laughs> god can move because we are willing to let him move and i know obviously not every single detail of angie's life but a lot of more details <laughs> a lot than of it, <laughs> a lot more details than what you guys are getting on an hour long hour however long podcast um and angie even though she does <laughs> i struggle with it too and she'll admit that even though she still tends to grip or put white knuckles some things but she's always willing to eventually let go of it and let god move and yeah. so i'm it's just a testimonial of your life I feel like yeah, yeah. and I I mean this I this have, was a period of sanctification yeah. yes <laughs> you know this didn't I wasn't born with that ability yeah. <laughs> right that's what I'm saying yeah. it took a lot of time and what I what I used to do when when things would happen to me is I would pray for God if I if I remembered to pray. Yeah. I mean, there were even times where I just worried. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't praying; it was agonizing. No, 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 no. Yes. <laughs> That's me biting my knuckles or biting my knuckles, biting my nails. fingernails. <laughs> yeah, but I would pray for the trial to go away, mm. not for God to be with me in it. Yeah. And you know that those are things. That's good. Yeah, I love that. It was like, please Remember take that. it away. <laughs> Heal this. Yeah, <laughs> take this away. Um, reach them. It, everything, but please be, be with, with me, me through this. That's good. You know, please. And He is with us. But mm. let but me acknowledging feel, it. Yes. yes. Let me feel you. Love yeah. on me. Yeah. In a way that I can feel your presence yeah. here. Make me, give me your peace. Be Lord. with me in this fire. Yeah. All we have to do is ask. What's that song? But... I forget. <laughs> I oh, it's famous for. That's what, oh, yeah. that's what when do you were, what you're, you're yeah. famous for. Um, when uh, you were talking um, that the, I don't even know how the words go now. Walk me through that one. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we need Meg. Yes, I'm not going to sing. I promise. Throat, we need Meg in here my right throat, now. My throat instantly closes when I even try to sing anything. Um, like, seriously, it like, it'll take a little bit for it to come down. Um, but no, it's true. Let God do what he's famous for. Yeah. Let him do his thing he's famous for being with us in the fire hello shadrach meshach and abednego like like daniel in the lion's den jonah in the whale and a lot of these things um it's jonah specifically he's still in that belt yes (laughs) he had to go through that (laughs) yeah jonah and this is a thing too he was a perfect example of somebody who wanted to control where he went and so the Lord sent a big fish <laughs> in a storm to bring him back to where he was. And I, I believe that's a. Per, I believe that you can learn a lesson of control in that, and use what um, Chapter Five of Judges talks about uh, in being willing to let the Lord use you. Because after that, Jonah did um, amazing things in Nineveh, 
And I mean, I, I, for a second, that didn't sound like the right town, but it city. I, it, yeah, it is. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were both like, uh, mm. <laughs> look through your Bible really quick. <laughs> I know, I'm not that fast. <laughs> but that's what that's what's really. It's just we serve an amazing God. Oh yeah, is all I can say. And. Yeah, and and to to just wrap up the story of Callahan, he's doing really well now. Yeah, yeah. He's I not mean, in college for all I yeah, he's in college. Yes, yeah. he's doing the things that I had wanted for him. I had, I had planned. planned. Yeah, you <laughs> heard, heard that. It. You I heard, heard that control <laughs> that that had been my dreams for him. Yes. He's actually doing them in an entirely different way. Mm-hmm. Than I had planned. His life doesn't look anything like what I had dreamed for him. But would he? I mean, that is what he needed. Yeah. You know, God knows him much better than I do. Oh yeah. I he loves him much more than I do, and to give up control of that of my life in that way through my kids mm-hmm. is the most freeing thing. I um, I'm in celebrate recovery right now and I had liked to tell myself when I first joined the step study that I was doing this so that it would um, increase my ability to lead mm-hmm. and to help with that yeah. ministry <laughs> and and I was doing it for others <laughs> <laughs> but what I soon discovered because Celebrate Recovery is intense yeah. I mean they don't play yeah. <laughs> they're going to bring you through it Yeah. but what I discovered is that my hurt hang up or habit mm-hmm. pick whichever yeah. is um, grasping of control and what is centered or what is at the root of control of the need to control is fear mm-hmm Fear of loss. Yeah. All of that. And that fear started maybe when I was a 12-year-old child. Yeah. And I first realized that the world wasn't safe. That fear got uh, firmly planted in me with the loss of three babies. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like I was losing a child. Yeah. And... I certainly lost all my dreams and plans for yeah. him, you know? Yeah. So um, so I've been working through that. <laughs> <laughs> and in that, um, I'm finding that my faith is growing. Yeah. It's becoming mature and fruitful, and I, I still have a long way to go. Yeah. Oh, we <laughs> all do. It's, we, it's a never-ending process and when you were talking it made me think of um psalms 51 and there's a couple spots oh, in here yes i have psalms 51 are right you here. serious no oh no psalms 56 i'm sorry <laughs> go on <laughs> i was like what i always try to put an s on that psalm uh, yeah 50, psalm. It's, like, it's like kroger's <laughs> or myers <laughs> it's, it's really meyer kroger. and kroger <laughs> It's okay, anyway. I think that's a Midwest thing. Honestly, it is. Because <laughs> there's one other one that I can't think of. They but talk my, about third shift. They say thirds. Yeah. That, it, that annoys me. Yeah. I don't know why. But I, I, don't, I haven't actually heard anybody do that, I don't think. Maybe I have. But um, I love my mom. 
And mom, I know you'll listen to this, but we all <laughs> always make fun of like how she says certain things. Teaser, I should say, because it's funny and we wouldn't want to change it. But she definitely is a Midwest gal and adds S's to everything. And oh my gosh, got to go to the Kroger's. <laughs> <laughs> to the rulers? Does she call ruler foods? Oh, ruler foods. Yeah. <laughs> it's ruler food. <laughs> There you go. See, we all do it. Yeah. Anyways. I just think I'm the language police. <laughs> okay, oh. read Psalm Anyways, 51. Psalm 51. Uh, and I'm going to start off with one and two. It says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. And then I'm going to jump down real quick to 10 through 12 create in me a pure heart O god and renew a steadfast spirit within me do not cast me from your presence or take your holy spirit from me restore me to the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me i'm going to jump down to 15 through 17 open my lips lord and my mouth will declare your praise you do not delight in sacrifice or i would bring it you do not take pleasure in burnt offerings my sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. My eyes are going weird. You, God, will not despise. And that's all he asks of us. When we, he's asking us to sacrifice our broken spirit in uh -huh. exchange for eternal life. Guys, we, like, we're not it getting the role. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It should be easy. It should be easy. We are not getting the raw end of the deal here. No, <laughs> no and it's so... Um, there's a step in CR where you confess all your yes. past sins. And I kind of warred with that at first because I was like, I'm a born-again Christian. I don't feel like I have to do this <laughs> I don't need because to I've been forgiven. This. I don't need to relive all this. <laughs> I said that. No, you don't. No, you don't need right, to relive yeah. all this. <laughs> she defended me. <laughs> Any good one, <laughs> yes, like any good friend, but I didn't deserve defending. <laughs> no, you didn't actually. After we because talked about it, like, I found immediately as God is so oh, great, there's my there's oh, my so phone I'm, going off. I get phone calls all the time, okay. Yeah, me. it was the 866 number, it's not good. I got so many telemarkers, <laughs> it's crazy, but anyway, um, um, where was I? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Um, when I actually did it, well, God actually started dealing with me immediately. <laughs> he started showing me all the scripture in James and um, Love me some James. First Corinthians, even yeah. in a sermon uh, of where fun? you need to confess. That it's freeing to be yeah. able to do that. In doing so, you aren't talking about your past sins in a glorification of the good old days or something yeah. like that, or you're not doing it just to beat yourself. Right. You're doing it to show what God's done for you. Mm -hmm. And once I did it, mm -hmm. oh my goodness, it was just, it was so free. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it released me from some sort of bondage that I didn't even know was there. Yeah. You know? And so that's turned into um, a 
daily it's it, it's called a daily inventory yeah you you should take that you should do with god mm-hmm. you know not necessarily it's like with praying another through person. psalm 139 yeah it's it's kind of doing a daily inventory of of your actions mm-hmm. and your thoughts and your i mean you're you're praying through it with god yeah and that has turned into a daily surrender of control yeah and it's it's been really good Mm -hmm. um i wanted to go over real quick um in that bible study that's on right now media it's called the cost of control it's with sharon hottie miller is her name um she's a co-pastor somewhere but uh she says that once we give guy control we there are things that we do have powers that God has get, granted us. Mm-hmm. We don't just go, I give you control and <laughs> <laughs> flop down like a blob and not do anything. And, yeah. you know, just no. it, he we gave don't, us free will, people. Yeah. <laughs> but he not only gave us free will, he, she talked about six um, agency, uh, steps of agency that he's given us. And in this context, agency means to act with motivation and direction. Mm. And the first one is naming and ordering. (laughs) Adam and Eve. You go all the way back to Adam. (laughs) He's given us the responsibility in, in today's modern world the example that she gave was it's finding out the diagnosis and finding the best treatment yeah. it's acting in your best interest or the best interest of someone else yeah you're doing it under god's guidance mm-hmm. under god's direction yeah um the next thing was creating we create solutions and systems yeah. he gave us a mind to work with that the third one is setting limits. <laughs> there we go again. <laughs> there and they're in control can rear its ugly head. <laughs> oh, I, we all have a. I it is. Oh, I feel like control is. Um, I think everybody has some sort of control issue. Now, mm-hmm. to a lesser degree, you know, everybody has their own version or yeah. their looks, I guess is what I want to say. And their, um, the well, intensity there, I mean, we too. do need to have self-control. Yeah. I think it's when it turns into an idol. Yes. When it turns into idolatry. Yeah. And we're putting ourselves over the throne. Yeah. In yeah. that way. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And that's why God gives us friends who have the opposite uh, approach. <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes the same, and yes. we're like looking into a mirror going, wow, I'm, <laughs> she's flipping out. Maybe I am too. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, the fourth thing is practicing care of the bodies and minds that he's gifted us with. The fifth thing is your praying. Temple. Pardon? I said your temple. Yep. Because <laughs> I feel like people forget we are the temples of the Holy Spirit when we ask God into our heart and yeah. become saved. Take care of your temple. Yeah. And it you matters. can't, you're not taking care of your temple if you're running around trying to control. Yep. 
your circumstances. You're stressing out your temple. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, which does all kinds of physical, psychological, emotional things to you. Yeah. Take Um, care of your, that's why you got to build on, you got to set Jesus as your cornerstone. Like they did, you know, cornerstone is what back in the day they built. And I'm sure there's some version of that in the modern day architects or architecture, but the cornerstone was the piece of the building that everything would be built around. Like that was the starting point. That was the foundation. And so in our temples and our bodies being that temple, our foundation still needs to be the ultimate cornerstone of Christ. Right. So take care of that. (laughs) (laughs) And if we're grasping at control all the time, that cornerstone is us. Yes. And that's not, that's not a good foundation. <laughs> that was a weak one. It's yeah. <laughs> very weak. It's going to grumble within a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the the fifth one is praying, which it, it's you would think that as long you know as long as we've been Christians or as long as we or as much as we study the Bible. I mean, we're in ministry. Yeah. You would think that that think would be our first go-to, <laughs> but it it isn't always, and it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So we're working. I, I'm working my way with God towards that. Yeah, but prayer is the fifth thing, but it really should be the first. Yeah. Um, the last thing is self-examination. Um, it helps us to recognize. Mm-hmm. The idolatry of control. This is where you can insert my favorite scripture. Well, I have a lot. One of my favorite scriptures of Psalm 139. (laughs) Seriously, guys, you need to pray this day. Like, pray through this or recite it or whatever. Pray through it daily. Because this, I mean, a year ago. Why don't you read it for Okay, it's long. But a year ago, at this time, I was in a really, we were in Jackson, Mississippi a year ago at this time. And I was in a very, oh, gosh. Weird place. Weird place. <laughs> Very weird place. And um, there's lots of, I was in a place where now looking back, I can see why certain sins happen because of the place I was in. And I could have let things really get out of hand if um, I didn't basically get this verse thrown at me. And um, so it says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is a light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are too, are wonderful. 
I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I made in the secret was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them be came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would be outnumbered or they would outnumber the grain of the, grains of the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of your you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord? And abhor, abhor? Yeah. <laughs> those who are in rebellion against you. I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See if there are. See if there is any offense. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. I love yeah. that. It's I do long, too. But I love that. Mine is shorter, <laughs> but it's also in song. Yes. <laughs> And it's Psalm 112, um, 7 through 8. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. Mm. So good. But um, the are we, are we wrapping up here? I think we should probably. Okay. But we're good. We're I good. want to I want to end on something that. Um, in one of a one of Matt's sermons, mm -hmm. um, he was in, and I thought I had. Oh yes, I did. <laughs> he was on a series in John, mm -hmm. and this wasn't the context. I mean, sometimes I will be sitting there listening to a sermon, and a piece of scripture will hit me, totally mm -hmm. not. Yeah. In context yes. <laughs> of the sermon. Yes. And that's the way this did um, because of whatever I'm fretting that's or worrying about. The beautiful over. thing of God's yes. word is it's living and ever active. He says, Angie, <laughs> you listen up. Um, but he was um, in John 8, I believe it's 8, yeah. 8 starting in, let me see. Maybe that's not it. Let's see where I'm at here. Yeah, it, okay. It was not John 8. It was John 21. And that's a big jump. That's a big jump, I know. I had, I had my, mag, my magnet here, and it was, the front part of it was on John 8, so I turned to the that's wrong one. And I have a lot of scripture highlighted. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm looking at it. Well, we went through the whole, the whole book, book of John, yeah. yeah, in a sermon series. But it is when um, Jesus was walking um, with Peter, and Peter uh, pointed to <laughs> he pointed to the apostle that that Jesus loved, <laughs> happens to be in John. Written in John. <laughs> We like to joke about that. Yeah. We like to joke about Peter and John. Peter and John and the, the interesting relationship they must have had. Yeah. But um, when Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? And Jesus
Jesus said to him, If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? Um, you follow me. And in that... <laughs> I have a pride issue, so this is why it's, I'm laughing at it, because it hits me. Yeah. Because like, it's like... No, you you follow me. Yeah, get your eyes off of somebody else. Yeah. Quit and comparing then, your That's own why walk. I relate to Peter so much. But and John, because John and James both requested to sit at the right and left hand of the throne. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you love me most, yes. right, Lord? <laughs> the one whom Jesus loves. <laughs> that's but, why I laugh all the time. <laughs> In that little bit of scripture, beyond what you can get from it in comparing yourself to others and your walk with yep. others and your relationship with Jesus to others, yes. what I got from that is that um, no matter what I go through, God is dealing with me. Yep, He wants me to follow him. Mm-hmm. The rest will work itself out, yeah. so to speak. As long as I'm following him. Yes. Surrendering control to him. Yep. So it's good. (laughs) Well, this is great. That was the fastest hour. 12, 15-ish minutes ever. Oh, <laughs> wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> but um, I just... And I hardly followed my notes at all. See? <laughs> Miraculous thing happened yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> I just needed him like a security blanket. <laughs> then you can... I do not usually ever have notes, as you can see. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're used to it. I am used to it. <laughs> Oh, man. But yes, for sure. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Angie you're has welcome. some crazy, awesome things coming up. Hopefully you can come on again and we can like talk about it more. Unless you yeah. want to talk about it now. Unless you want to wait. Oh, about the... the this. This. But for you. The mini grant. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll, since you said it. Yeah. Angie is a super awesome grant writer. And yeah, she won a mini grant, which also... We won a mini grant. Well, we won a mini grant. <laughs> So, which um, opened up her communications portion of her job description even more. And so she is going to be leading her own podcast. Yeah. Slaying the Giants. Slaying the Giants and creating um, another ministry aspect here at Trinity French Church. So I'm really excited. It's the intersection between faith and mental health. Yeah. It'll be great. I'm so excited for it. But again, thank you so much for coming on. Sure, you're welcome. And uh, everybody, thank you for listening. And we love you guys. Pray for Meg's family as they are battling strep throat and tonsillitis and all the fun things. So uh, pray for them. And we'll be back next week. We love you guys. And God bless.